Hello, everybody, and welcome to SR165 Q&A. Our main question today is about how to still not lose your data when you're ultra secure on the internet. Uh, we also have a question about Steam Deck um, and the OLED version of that. Uh, our opinions on piracy. Are MMS-based attacks still something to be concerned about? And our favorite public figures from the last hundred years. Oh, I need to think about that one. Um, Same. Yeah, uh, but first one is from David, and pretty much David is asking, um, what are our strategies where that we can still maintain strong privacy and security in our personal data and online accounts, but not do so at the cost of making ourselves more vulnerable to data loss and to account for getting locked out? Pretty much, I would say the number one thing to look out for with this, on my end at least, is anything that's zero knowledge or end-to-end encrypted. That's kind of your step one here. A lot of these services don't really have ways to retrieve your data unless... Uh, you have your login credentials and or they normally have some kind of backup key. And so you need to make sure you have several copies of that. Um, and that is just honestly, it, it shouldn't matter at the end of the day because everybody should have the same backup systems in place. It's just when you are using higher degrees of security and the service can't directly help you get your data back and you're controlling your encryption keys, you need to be double sure you're putting in proper backup protocols, which means at minimum, having a backup away from the, your main device, ideally something offline, ideally in an offsite location, just having as many backups as possible to account for different situations happening in your life. Now, the other area where you want to do something similar is anything with 2FA. 2FA is another common place that you can get locked out of your account. So if you have TOTP seeds or use a YubiKey, make sure you have backup YubiKeys, make sure you have backup TOTP seeds. Essentially, I think this question, David, comes down to backups. You can definitely have higher security. You just need to have a little bit better precautions in place to prevent yourself getting locked out of your accounts. And this is actually a valid argument, I think, for why iCloud's end-to-end encryption is actually not on by default. Because a lot of the Apple crowd are people who are, you know, more normy, and you can't expect them to save all these backup keys um, on their own. And if they get locked out, then they're going to lose all to their data, which means they're going to lose all their iCloud photos, iCloud Drive for their entire lives. And that's probably not a good situation for Apple to be in as well. So yeah, those are the things I'd be looking at. But I don't know if Nate has anything else to add to that. Not really. I kind of agree with you. I think you kind of have to, you kind of have to go with what, what works in, yeah, in terms of backup specific, I guess, I guess that's what I mean is like, I, I agree with you that backups are the way to go, but also like, no two backup solutions are the same. Like my, my backup solution is probably different than your backup solution. And also, you know, I, I lately I've taken a real liking to pointing out like phases of life. Like I am now married 10 years ago, five years ago, I was, well, five years ago, I think I was into privacy 10 years ago. I was not, but had I been, I'm sure my backup, the things I backed up and how I backed them up would have looked different. And also, you know, tools back then, I don't think Veracrypt was a thing and stuff like that. He did have a part two to that. Like what sources have you relied on the most to make sure you're using using the best you can get out of what's available? Um, I kind of just like, I think it was last week or the week before we kind of kept in the segment where we kind of like walked through a, a potential attack I'm a very introspective person, so I'm kind of like constantly doing that. Like, you know, what if, God forbid, what if I stepped outside and got hit by a bus tomorrow? You know, would my wife know how to pay the rent, how to check the bank account? Um, does she know where the life insurance information is? Uh, just stuff like that. I, I enjoy thought experiments too. You know, I watch a lot of privacy content. I used to listen to Michael Basil when he did his podcast, and I watch Naomi Brockwell and and All Things Secured and 
Um, just kind of knowing what's out there. Okay, our next question comes from Mr. Camel 999 What are y'all's thoughts on the Steam Deck slash Steam Deck OLED? I got one pretty recently and I'm loving it and would simply like to hear y'all's opinions on it. Um, I don't think it's for me, mostly just because I don't really have a lot of time for gaming as it is. I would like to get one for my wife, to be honest. Uh, maybe for like a birthday or Christmas or something. And I mean, if one showed up at my door for me, I would probably make use of it, but I just, I don't, I've said before, I don't really have a lot of time for gaming as it is, not near as much as I wish I did, but... Um, I'm very interested, and I know uh, Nick from the Linux Experiment speaks very highly of it because it's Linux-based, so, yeah. Right. I know Jonah uses one, and he really likes it. Um, I, I have zero thoughts, though. <laughs> like, So that's like three positive zero. reviews, though. Yeah, yeah. I will say, I just saw, when so I got... saw the OLED thing, I instantly thought of the Nintendo Switch OLED, and just fun little story, I got this, like, gift card, Um for Christmas. And I think we talked about this, how like we, we just like getting gift cards or stuff like that for, for holidays because like we're adults. And if there's something we want, we already probably already got it and it's hard to get gifts for us. Um, but I got a gift card and I was just going to go to Best Buy to see if anything just caught my eye. Um, and if there's anything I needed and I just walked by the stand with the Nintendo switch OLED and it's like this black and white OLED model. And I was looking at it and I'm like, Mm, even if I don't use it, that would look good in my living room. <laughs> and, and I was like, look good as a prop in your YouTube video. Yeah, it just looked nice. It was a nice looking device. It's just beautifully designed. It's my only thought towards this. It has nothing to mean. do with the Steam Deck. I didn't buy it because I'm not that unhinged, but I just thought it was a neat looking device. Okay, Cracker Barrel Biscuits, what are your thoughts on piracy? In a lot of cases, pirated software can be much more private than legitimate copy. Due to software being altered to work offline, DRM removal, and invade permission removal. Yes, I think those are valid points, but uh, at the same time, um, you have to ask where you're getting pirated content from. Uh, there have been a lot of cases of pirated things actually being malware. So you have to be very careful when you're installing things not from legitimate sources to make sure it's coming from a secure location and that no one's not tampering with the with the file. So be aware of that as well. While yes, you could make it work offline and remove DRM, be aware that there is a risk in getting something from a non-legitimate source. And aside from that, I mean, just general opinions on piracy, I think piracy would be less of an issue if, uh, and I, I really like the way like LTT broke this down, I think years ago, which was when services actually respect people and it makes sense to purchase the service people don't want to pirate things which is very valid who the hell pirates music anymore why would you ever pirate music nowadays right. when you can spend ten dollars a month and get instant access to any song that you want it just doesn't make sense but it still makes a lot of sense to pirate movies and tv shows because you have to have like a 10 to 15 dollar subscription now to eight different services and you still won't have access to the show so only eight damn dude <laughs> right it's crazy so it's like they're they're instead of like putting their money towards trying to catch people who are pirating they can just put their money into actually giving a decent user experience so people don't feel the need to pirate because frankly pirating movies is somewhat inconvenient like a lot of times it involves not to get too much into the details but it involves having to set up a way for your isp not to know what you're doing you have to find the files you have to download the files you have to like sort and categorize them if you're going to keep them there is a risk for malware you have to as find well. the right files right yeah the, it's different qualities different bit rates also like sometimes it doesn't come with subtitles and you have to get the subtitles separately if you're someone who likes subs why would someone want to do that when they can just spend five dollars to watch the movie right then and there instantly just a thought. 
<laughs> I 100% agree. Um, the only thing I want to add on to that is... Okay, I'm going to be honest, and I, I, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not a perfect person. That's all I'm going to say on recording. But I think it's unethical. And I, I say that coming from the perspective of a musician, because it's really easy to sit there and say, like, when we look at Metallica, for example, who's a great example, um, you know, they're millionaires. Who cares? Screw them, right? And also, Lars is kind of a dick. I'll say that on record, too. It, like, we all know that. And it's really easy to look at them and be like, well, they don't need more money. I don't want to give them any more of my money. You know, like, that's that's why my wife finally canceled Netflix after the last price hike. And we've kind of been meaning to for a while because it's like, you guys keep canceling shows we like. Like, if Three Body is any good, comes out next month, I have it marked on my calendar. If it's any good, it's going to be canceled in two seasons. Guarantee it. So it's like, why am I paying for this? You keep canceling all my favorite shows. and Don't even get me started on what they did to Inside Job. But at the same time, it's like, okay, that's easy to make those excuses. But the issue is, and I, I tried to explain this in another discussion one time, like, so I'm, I'm just going to speak about music because that's the only one I'm familiar with. The big bands get the most money. So if you're robbing from these labels, all you're doing is robbing from the small bands because the bands, and, and I know this from people who've been signed, I have not admittedly, but they're all in competition with each other. When when there's festivals going around, like Warp Tour doesn't exist anymore, but like Warp Tour, for example, when there's festivals going around, they hit up the labels and they say, hey, we have three slots for your label. So that's three bands on your roster that you get to say, go on this label. And if you have a good label, a good manager, they'll say, let's send two big bands and like one up and comer. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like if it, they, they have to do what makes money, they have to stay in business. So if they've got, let's say they've got five bands and two of them are like their huge big name bands, they're always going to get priority for everything. They're going to get priority for studio time. They're going to get priority for marketing. They're going to get priority for uh, touring slots, all of that stuff. And that leaves less le left over for the smaller bands who are still struggling, who don't get as much marketing, who don't get as much studio time, who don't get priority on the tour slots. And you're robbing them. You're robbing them out of that opportunity. And it just, it trickles down. And it, and it, again, like it's easy to sit there when it's like, you know, Taylor Swift and Metallica and these big name artists that it's like their net worth is already more than I'll ever make in my entire life. Who cares? But when it comes to the smaller bands and the smaller labels, it's like even the big names on smaller labels make a lot less than you think. So again, it's easy to sit there and say, oh, whatever, you know, well, the label's stealing it all anyways. Yes, but that extra like $3 that would have gone to the band, you're now taking out of their pockets. So like maybe go to a show and buy a t-shirt or go to a show and buy the CD in person because then the band gets more of a cut because there's no like digital intermediaries and stuff like, I don't know. And for the record, I'm not defending the current model. I'm not saying like, this is the best way you should stick with it. There definitely needs to be a change. I'm just saying, I don't think just steal it is the right change. Like, I don't think that's the right solution because that's still harmful. That's even more harmful. I would argue. So, right. Yeah. I don't think that I'm sure the comment section is going to be thrilled with that take. <laughs> right. Well, I, I don't think when people like myself said that there's a reason people are pirating, it's not a solution. It's just these people shouldn't be surprised when people opt for pirating versus the, the solutions that they're proposing. Just one last thought. I'm not going to say I endorse this for the record. Just CYA legal stuff. If you're the kind of person who says I'm going to download the CD, but then I'm going to go to the concert and buy a shirt. I, I think that's certainly a lot better. But also in the case of music first week sales matter is just yeah it just 
there there are negatives to this, in my opinion, that I think a lot of people who justify it just don't want to acknowledge. Okay, Lady Lucifer says, are MMS-based attacks still something to be concerned about, and do you disable MMS? Um, are they something to be concerned about? I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't know. I don't use SMS or MMS. Um, I use signal and voice over IP, which I guess is still kind of technically SMS, but because, from what I understand, because of voice over IP and the way it's set up, I think it's less of a risk. And truthfully, I, I recommend people who are able to, you should use voice over IP wherever possible. Um, again, where they're able to, cause I know a lot of people live in places where just, you know, services like my pseudo and, and hush and Google voice just don't service them. But I don't know. It's just, it's not something I, I think about very often. Um, probably a disappointing answer, but yeah, I guess I'd be asking what MMS-based attacks are you talking about? Because I haven't seen many attacks that necessarily exploit the SMS or MMS protocol. It's just they're typically a good source of phishing attacks, or they're not fully encrypted, or uh, it's easy to get control of the phone number via SIM swap attacks. So it's not actually anything tied to the protocol that I've seen. Um, So, yeah, I, I guess I would ask, are there any specific attacks you're referring to that you think the MMS would help prevent? Because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So last question today is from Riddick, who asks, uh, who are your favorite public figures from the last hundred years? And I feel like that's just so insanely broad. And I don't even know where to start yeah. with this question. Also, why hundred? See, that's what I was kind of thinking, because like, I, I like different people for different things. Like, I don't know if I have a favorite in any category, but like, I like... I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of like, um, like Getty Lee, you know, is an amazing bass player or like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other example. Like, you know, I, I know he's kind of like the right. trendy nerd answer, but like <laughs> Nikola Tesla is, is, you know, was a really brilliant man. And, um, and for the record, I'm sure all these people have their dark sides, but Einstein's not a bad I pick, I guess. He's cool. Yeah. He did some cool things. Um, <laughs> he had some pretty interesting ideas <laughs> yeah definitely some neat ideas for sure <laughs> okay you know okay not my favorite person but i was thinking about this earlier terry gilliam from monty python i don't understand that man because on the one hand he did monty python which is comedy and absurdist and a little slapsticky and just hilarious, maybe not too super slapsticky, but just like peak British humor, right? And then on the other hand, he did like Brazil and Twelve Monkeys and uh oh god, what's what's the third one that I completely forgot he did? But like he did all these it's it's almost like a Jordan Peele. He was like Jordan Peele before Jordan Peele, where like he started in comedy and then he like started doing more serious movies, and it's like are you okay, buddy? Do you need a hug? I have to reflect on this more, I think. it's For for context, a lot of times we don't do much prep before these Q&As. These are pretty, like, on the spot. We just read them. Um, it's, like, it's, it's rare. Sometimes we see one that we do dig into, like, as we're recording or right beforehand. But, yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, like, there's yeah, athletes... I, try to, I try to not look at them because that way everybody gets the same amount of thought from me since people can submit them at different times. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, I don't like know. the there's, Q and A questions. There's athletes I respect. There's thinkers I respect. There's activists I respect, and yeah, there's just a lot of public figures that I think are really neat. 
See, I don't even think I have, because, like, even in music, like, I don't have a favorite band. Like, I, I have a top five that's pretty consistent, but I'm just not really, like, a like a favorite kind of person in general. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, there's a lot of different people I, I, I like for different reasons. All right. That's well, all that's it for the questions this week. Uh, if you liked these or you want to participate, if you have a burning question you want to ask us, it can be personal, it can be technical, it can be about digital rights, it can be about technology in general, it can be about anything. Um, as long as it's appropriate, uh, you can go ahead and join the Patreon down below, and that's a way that you can join next week, and that's all we have for you. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you for the report this weekend.